passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. We will, we will rock you. We will, we will rock you. Finally. That is not going to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years? You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist? Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want. What you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whoops your ass. Welcome to Theater D, Row J, Seat 7. This is the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, the universe's favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this week, 2008's Get Smart. Wait, wait, there's something else that I know. Max! Your marriage is in trouble. Your darling wife's not that's leaving you. But there is still hope. Do you love her? Go show her. Go home for lunch. Take her with you the next time you go to kill someone. She just wants to be with you, and frankly, that means less time with her sister, who we both know is undermining your relationship. Kick the gun to me. Benny Knight, please. Make people feel pain, too. All right, see, that, that was just a little taste of the movie Magic, the, the cinema I can't think of a C word. Uh, this the cinema. We'll we'll get we'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 film follies. How about that? How about that? The film follies that we got to talk about with you guys and girls this week. But I can't do it alone. Every Cisco needs an Ebert. Every Ebert needs a Roper. And every Blaine needs a Twan. 
And to that end, I have brought a very special guest into the theater this week. Uh, she is a savant, I believe is the way I described her in the podcast description, a savant when it comes to all things pop culture. And she is quickly becoming one of my favorite podcast tag team partners who is doing big things over on the Place to Be Nation Network. So ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome into the theater, Jennifer Smith. Jenny, how are you doing this week? Uh, it is fuckery level 3000 already level with that uh, introduction. <laughs> A savant is, you know, generous. <laughs> <laughs> but I am thrilled to be talking to you. You're one of my favorite people to podcast with as well. See, beautiful. We got this mutual admiration society here. So Yes, you did my show. And we watched Get Out, and now we're doing your show, and we're going to watch Get Smart. Yes, there, there's a theme developing here. Mm-hmm, I see that. So, we can only it, watch Get movies. Yes, so, so Get, get Smart, Get Out, next. Get Shorty, yeah. What else uh, okay, Is Get Hard the one with Will Ferrell yes. and uh, Kevin Hart? Yes. So <laughs> we, got, we got other avenues to pursue here. So we, we've got at least four other movies we can do. Yeah, at least. At least. So, uh, Jenny, before we get into this wonderful picture, uh, why don't you tell the folks on the Post Wrestling Network a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what you got cooking over at Place to Be Nation and, and why they should be listening to you because they should. Um, well, I don't know about that last one, but um, I have been uh, very, very lucky to have a great shows and co-hosts on Place to Be Nation pop and wrestling feeds. Um, but I am thrilled to tell you and your listeners um, that beginning October 1st, I'll be starting my own podcast network. Not Network is as generous, I would say, feed. Um, it is called the Jenny Position, much like hmm. the Gorilla Position. And um, Okay, yeah, I was wondering where that was yeah. going to go. I, that's why I wanted you to explain what was going down. <laughs> Um, you can hear the origin story of the title of the podcast on our first episode, which will drop on October 1st. And um, if you know me from Place Food Nation Pop, you will find it to be pretty familiar because I will be bringing my shows from that feed over to mine. So that will be shows like Freak Out Drive-In, which you were on, Nate, and Talking Pop, which I hope to get you on soon. And um, the very first podcast that I started, which was Geek and Sassy, um, will be on that feed as well. So, I mean, it, we, it covers a lot of ground. So if, if you're into anything, TV, movies, books, comics, whatever, um, there's lots of, lots of choices. And also I have ideas for mm. different podcast styles and formats. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it, and I hope to find you on my feed soon. So basically, if Place to Be Nation Pop was in sync, you would be Justin Timberlake. If they were New Edition, you would be Bobby Brown. Those are generous comparisons as well, but um, I would just <laughs> and, and there's no I'm like there's no drama. Um, I still love Place to Be Nation Pop. I will still be on that feed. Uh, if other hosts want me on their shows, which I hope that they still do. Um, and then those personalities will also be on my shows, too. So it's still all love. And and, um, and we will still have a, the Jenny position will have a 
um, like a presence on placevnation.com. So you can you can find it on Podbean, iTunes, and on placevnation.com on October 1st. Very cool. Yeah, it just makes sense logistically. You've got like seven shows on, yeah. on the network, so it makes sense to consolidate them in a place where the listeners can easily access them. And I'm annoying because I keep having ideas for new shows. So I'm like, you know, the whole feed was going to be me eventually anyway. <laughs> so this way I can, um, you know, have my own space. And then you're an inspiration to me as well, uh, Nate, for um, your Patreon, uh, you know, presence. And that's not something that I've set up yet, but it's a possibility, you know, for the new feed. So um, I'm not ruling that out. And I think of myself like you, you know, like you're on main event, you're, you have a presence on, on the wrestling side of Place to Be Nation. So I'm kind of like the other, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the female Nate, <laughs> but not as awesome, obviously, but you know, you are an inspiration to me in, in the work that you've done so far. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't, I didn't know we were going to be throwing around bouquets. I'm just saying. This early, ma'am. oh but yeah i appreciate it and i I am looking forward to big things uh from the jenny position i would definitely keep not only my place to be nation listeners but certainly the listeners here on post wrestling abreast of that situation but jenny are you ready to get smart i'm i'm ready let's get smart okay see what i want to do this week i want to get smart but not like too smart like not not like terrence howard smart Mm -mm. where where you're just getting into the mysteries of the universe. And, and I went outside and I planted a seed in the backyard. And since there's no curves in the earth, it's all straight lines. When the seed blossomed, I looked down and I was the flower. <laughs> what is he smoking? I mean, like, really? That's... I'm telling you, Ter- Terrence Howard, is, is, he's either crazy and and needs help and, and I hope he gets the help he needs or he's on some next level stuff that we cannot perceive yet Jim. yeah it might be that honestly uh, isn't there usually one per generation or whatever some some spirit who sees far beyond this <laughs> this mortal life here and we're just not ready we're just not ready for that yet see that that's that's why he will always be my favorite Rody from the MCU because <laughs> I love Don Cheeto, but Don Cheeto's not getting this deep into the, the mysteries of the universe. You're probably the only one with that take, but I, and I'll tell I, I, I know this is a this is the Dwayne the Rock Johnson podcast, but it's, but since I know Jenny has these these geeky MCU tendencies, I will say like Don Cheeto to me is a better actor yeah. than Terrence Howard, but I think I buy the relationship between Terrence Howard's Rody and Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark more than I do the Don Cheadle and, and Robert Downey Jr. relationship. Why? Because they feel like, because Robert Downey Jr., the Tony Stark that we know before he becomes this good guy, is a jerk. He's like a womanizer. He's a mm-hmm. drunk. And Don Cheadle does not seem like he'd be hanging around with that dude. I Terrence that, Howard does. That, that's a good point, but... Also, Don Cheadle might be living vicariously through his mm. friends who, you know, he, he's, that's not who he is. That's not how he gets down. But also, it's kind of fun to watch somebody live that life and get the inside details and, you know, find out what's up. I, can you imagine, like, locker room talk <laughs> with Tony Stark? That's uh, kind of some hot shit, 
right? That's not a bad take. That's not a bad take. Like, I still, I still love me some Terrence Howard, though. I, I can't blame you. I mean, it's, it's valid, but I'm gonna go with Don Cheadle on that one. Hey, that, hey, everybody has a right to their opinion, and that is why we are here to give our opinions on this movie, 2008. Get smart. And so, Jenny, before we get into the movie, a couple of questions to kind of set up where you are right now for the listeners in terms of this picture. Number mm-hmm. one, what was your relationship with The Rock before this? I know you're a wrestling fan, but in terms of The Rock making that jump into becoming what we now know is the biggest movie star on the planet, how did you take to him, you know, kind of in those early days? Okay, so... This is where, at, to this point, your listeners are probably like, this chick seems all right, you know, she's all right. And then I say things like, I don't like The Rock, and uh, I... Wait, 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 you don't like The Rock as I, an actor, as a wrestler, as a person, what? Okay, all right, all right. Initially, I just didn't like anything, because I'm weird, I'm a weird wrestling fan in that... I didn't really come to love and appreciate it until recently, like in the past, like two, three years. Right. So I'm still pretty a new fan. I wasn't a fan when the rock was huge, when the rock was the rock. Um, and so you missed the entire attitude era, not all of it, but (laughs) I was, I was in on stone cold, but the rock was just never that level for me. I, I, I know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but okay, in the years since I've been doing this, I came around on The Rock as a wrestler, okay? So I'm I'm good with that now, and because previously I would, you know, just whatever, be a <laughs> jerk about him, um, but that hasn't crossed over into movies yet, mm. so I have very limited experience with the rock as an actor because i just i okay <laughs> there's something about his face and i don't i don't know it just what that, that is it, dreamy it just irritates me like it's so <laughs> so confident and cocky and like smiling and i don't know why i just it it's... to be fair if you or i had dwayne johnson's life we would look like that all day Probably so. You're right. And I understand. Because Have you everybody... seen like the, the pictures he puts on Instagram of his cheat days? Yeah. Like he eats three pizzas and a whole That's... plate of sushi. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that life. Um, but okay, so I understand. I understand. It's not rational. Or I, it's, it's not. It's just it's some sort of weird me thing. I don't. So you're not a fan of the uh, Fast and Furious franchise? No, I am not. Mm. And uh, my son made me go see Jumanji uh, in the theater. And yes. So that that's probably the most time that I've spent watching The Rock. Uh, Jumanji was actually pretty good. I was surprised. It was good despite him. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. The, the blasphemy. I know. The... I know. People are turning this off already. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, that's that's where that's where the show comes in, Jenny. Because by the end of the episode, we'll we'll, we'll have you turned around. You think so? Yeah. I, I think I believe in me, and I believe in Dwayne. <laughs> because one of the things we talk about on the on the show, specifically when it comes to like his early movies, Jenny, when he's not really a good actor, mm. is that even if his performance isn't great, and even if the movie around him is not anything special, 
he's got a likability about him that makes you for most people let's let's put it that way right. for most people there's a likability that's like even if you're not buying what he's selling you as an actor you're like i can i can tolerate this guy for 90 minutes i, I understand that like i i people have you know tr- vehemently tried to get me to see it uh and i've just never gotten there and i don't know I don't know what it, I, I am. I'm hoping that I can be rehabbed here tonight and 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 join the rest of society in in this love because I'm one of only like three people I know that feel this way. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's ask the second question then because okay. I, I wanted to see where you were in terms of your relationship with The Rock as an actor, but also with this movie in particular with Get Smart. Mm-hmm. It is based on a TV show from the uh, late '60s and early '70s. Uh, starring uh, Don Adams and Barbara Feldon and Edward Platt. Were you a fan? Like, I know you obviously weren't old enough to watch it in the original run, like most mm-hmm. of the listeners, I'm assuming, and you watched it. If you have watched it, you've seen it on Nick at Night or TV Land, something like that. So uh, what was your relationship with the TV show Get Smart, if if any? I didn't have any. Um, I, I knew it was a thing. I knew it was sort of um, Bond-ish a little bit, maybe like a comedic version of mm. that. Um, but that's about it. No, I, I remember watching this movie when it came out. Um, want to say I went to the theater, um, but not a hundred percent on that, but I feel like I did see this in the theater because Steve Carell. Mm, okay. Know. So that, that was the draw for you. Yes. Definitely. Okay. So yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about Steve here in a, in a second, but for me, I was like a big viewer of TV land, uh, like in the, 80s and 90s just because I'm a night owl by nature even at that you know even when I was younger mm-hmm. and so the only thing that is on is like get smart and car 54 where are you and <laughs> yeah the the honeymooners and that other explains shows. a lot about you actually <laughs> <laughs> oh really yeah I think so um but get smart to me was was just I, like I didn't know, you know, doing some research for this uh, show, I didn't know that uh, Mel Brooks had a big hand in Get Smart, and now it makes sense because the show was was really smart, and I liked what Don Adams brought to the table as uh, Maxwell Smart and Barbara Feldon was was amazing as Agent Ninety Nine, and then I think the most identifiable trait of the show is the theme song. And the in, the opening sequence where mm-hmm. he's just walking down this hall, and you got you know da 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 da, and it like it it still slaps to this day, uh, and we get a little bit of that in in this movie, so that's where I like I was already in the tank for the the get smart franchise quote unquote if if such a thing <laughs> exists, uh, when this movie came out in two thousand eight, and so I was like, hold on, you telling me we got get smart, we got the dude from the office. We got The Rock. We got Terry Crews. We got uh, my boy uh, Masi Oka from Heroes. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, there. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I was this, big I think, into Heroes, too, so, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, Heroes, the first two seasons were really good, and then... Oh, for sure, yep. Then it became Vince Russo. Vince Russo took over the book. <laughs> All right, listen, bro. Okay, we <laughs> saved the cheerleader now. What we gonna... Sila's gonna turn into a woman, but they don't know it's Sila, bro. <laughs> These scripts are incom- in- indecipherable, Vince. <laughs> I didn't know Vince wrote Heroes. That makes so much more sense now. It really does. It really um, does. 
All right, so let's talk about Get Smart. This movie was released in 2008, June of 2008. And uh, let's see, do I want to go box office first? Let's go Time Warp first. All right. Let's go Time Warp first, Jenny, because I want to see if you have your finger on the pulse of Get Smart and the pulse of what was going on in the year 2008. So the Time Warp for people that are new to this program is when we look back at the year that the movie came out and the week the movie came out and we see what was going on in pop culture what you know were some of the big stories and in particular we look at the music charts and so jenny this movie came out june 20th 2008 mm-hmm. do you know what the number one song in america was that week june 2008 um just looking at the like charts for the year it's really eclectic i'm thinking of like something hip hop is that uh you're you're on the right track um is there some jay-z i don't know uh (laughs) i got nothing all right this song was at the end of a three-week run at number one on the charts after having a previous week at the top of the charts in May. So it hit number one May 3rd, and then it disappeared for a few weeks, and then it was back at number one uh, for the last three weeks of June. Lollipop, Lil Wayne featuring Static Major. Nice. Uh-huh. No, I say he's so sweet. Come on, I let the rap so I let her lick the rapper. She, she, she lick me like a lollipop. Yeah. She, she lick me like a lollipop. Lollipop. She, she lick me like a lollipop. Yeah. She, she lick me like a lollipop. Lollipop. Bottles in the club. Yeah. Hey, I was in the ballpark. Yeah. So, are you a fan of Wheezy? Is, yeah, is, yeah. is Wheezy F Baby uh, on your playlist right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lollipop's on my playlist still. So, I'm trying to think, what's what would be my favorite Lil Wayne joint? Uh, doesn't he have the song now? Uh, Uproar, isn't that a Lil Wayne song? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uproar. That oh, that's shit. Lil Wayne. Okay. Yeah, that shit's hot. I like that song. I always liked the Millie. Mm-hmm. A Millie was good. Uh, what's the song? Because he went through this weird period where he was just like collaborating with everybody, and he did the uh, like the what's the boy Kevin Rudolph. You remember that song? Uh, Let it rock. It was like some guy that I've never heard of before, never heard from <laughs> since. And Lil Wayne, I, I don't know if he was on uh, the label or anything uh, on Cash Money, but like it was like uh, it was uh, Lil Wayne had a rap at the beginning, and then he disappeared, and then he came back at the end of the song and had like another quick verse. Isn't that every Lil Wayne song though? I mean, technically yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> technically yes, but uh, yes, yeah, so we Weezy. Weezy was uh, living, I think that might have been the peak of Weezy. Probably so, yeah. And then they stole his money and, and you know. Yep. So uh, 
All right, so that's the time warp. Now let's get to the stats for this movie. All right, so get smart. Da -da 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 -da. That's the that's how I vamp when I'm pulling up my stats. Da -da 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 -da. Yes. <laughs> so get smart was released in June twentieth of two thousand eight. The budget for this film, Jenny, was eighty million dollars. Do you know how much money this movie made? I was surprised when I when I saw it. Globally or domestically? Domestic. Okay. I think this is domestic. Yeah, this is domestic. Yeah. I'm gonna say 150 million dollars. Ooh, 150 million. Let's see. Da, 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 da. There you go. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Okay. My bad. My bad. Actually, you're really, you're really spot on. Really? You're really spot on, Jenny. I know things. All right. So this movie on an 80 million dollar budget. Made $130 million in America and internationally had a total of $230 million. The millions! Millions of dollars! 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 That's not bad. So not too shabby. Mm-mm. I mean, clearly The Rock is the reason for all of that. I mean, we know this. It certainly yeah. wasn't. It certainly wasn't the screenplay by Tom J. Astle <laughs> and Matt Ember. <laughs> Who needs those guys? <laughs> or Peter Siegel's direction certainly wasn't that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you talk about The Rock. The Rock is uh, in this cast along with Steve Carell, Anne Hathaway, Alan Arkin, Terrence Stamp, uh, Terry Crews, as I mentioned. David Keckner, I think that's how you say his name. I think it is, yeah. Uh, and Masioka. So basically, we're not going to go through every plot point here, Jenny, Good. but just kind of a brief overview. Yeah, I don't, I don't have time for the the plot points in this. <laughs> but basically, uh, Steve Carell is the star of the movie. He works for a government agency known as Control, and Control, they are, you know, kind of like your CIA, FBI. MI6, uh, MIB, uh, mm -hmm. any of those, those three government letters. agencies. Yeah. Uh, and they fight to keep the world safe from the forces of chaos, who is a an opposing uh, secret organization. And your boy Steve Carell plays Maxwell Smart, who's, he's not, you know, one of the big wigs. He's an analyst. You know, he does like the number crunches and stuff like that. But he wants to be a big boy. He, he wants does. to be... Agent 23, who is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is just like the, the coolest guy on the block and, and he's the, the greatest, most decorated agent. And so through some circumstance of events, chaos gains access to the identities of the top agents in control. And so they can't use, you know, their, their best agents because everybody knows who they are. So who do they turn to? Your man, Maxwell Smart. They they have to Jenny get smart. They have to get smart. So when all else fails, when, turn when to all the else nerds. Fails. Turn to the nerds, man. So what did you think of Steve Carell in this movie? Because I really enjoyed him. I I always think he's he's good in uh, whatever he's in. But you know, you said this was kind of a hook for you back in '08. So what did you think mm -hmm. of Steve in this movie? No, I loved him. He 
He is so deadpan when he wants to be, right? Just mm-hmm. no no sell in it. Um, and he's not ha ha funny, you know, and he's he's playing it straight. And yeah. it's interesting to watch him do that. I think it's one of the things I like about Steve Carell, and it just kind of dawned on me talking through this movie with you, Jenny, is one of the things that I think he brings to the table that very few comedians of that ilk, like, you know, the Will Ferrells or the Josh, it was the Josh Rogan, Seth Rogan, Seth, Josh Rogan. Joe Rogan. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I confused Joe Rogan with Seth Rogan. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, like that kind of class of comedian. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think what Steve Carell brings to the table is, like, he can make you feel sympathy or empathy for him. Definitely. Like, he's... And this one a lot, actually. Yeah. Because, like, the other agents, they bully on him, you know, they 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 make fun of him all the time. They they won't let him play in their reindeer games. He uh, got passed over for this promotion. He worked yep. really hard to get it, but they won't let him. Uh, they won't let him be a field agent, and uh, it's... It's horrible. I mean, I feel uh, felt so bad for him. It's like thirty or forty year old virgin like level of bad. Yeah, and then that one too. Like he makes like he's this ridiculous character in some senses, but he he makes you feel for him. And I think that's all credit to Steve Carell, like that that he makes you kind oh, of yeah. feel that connection with the character. Because he's such an everyman sort of guy, you know. He's mm. just a like a regular dude, and so relatable in that way and but also just funny as fuck just doing like like i said he's a straight man but there's a lot of comedy in this like things that happen to him he gets injured in a lot of ways in a lot of comedic ways but he also still plays that seriously if that makes sense Mm. and i think again not to take shots at anybody but i don't i don't know if will if will ferrell or you know, an Andy Samberg or mm-hmm. one of the Rogans, all of the Rogans, could <laughs> bring this type of, of pathos to the character. No, no, I don't think so. They're they're too kind of goofy, right? Mm. Steve Carell's kind of grown up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great word for it. He's he's an adult. He's a grown he's ass man. Adult. Right? Yes. Uh, uh, bless he might he might be uh, a little too grown for his partner in this movie. Yes. Uh, but we do get a line that explains the, the discrepancy in, in appearance. But yes. uh, Anne Hathaway plays Agent 99. I think Anne Hathaway is very surprising casting for this, but she is also great. Um, she's uh, unbelievably gorgeous and um, very, like, physical. She's, she does all the stunts and all that stuff, so... Um, and then she also has a very serious side to her too. She's she's sort of like a a real grown up actress, and uh, like a legit actress. And she she brings that that serious side to her role as well. Yeah, I think in if you go back to the TV series, the dynamic between Max and Ninety Nine was a little different than it is in the movie because in the TV show they were just kind of equals from the start. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it feels like they've like it takes a while for them to kind of level out and find their role in each other's lives. If that makes any sense? Yeah, it does. But like this the, on one, the... she considers him inferior. Yes, he doesn't have yeah. any field experience, and she has yep. a lot. And in the TV show, both of them are kind of like old hands at by this point. Mm-hmm. By the time we mm-hmm. we start in the TV show, like they've been doing this for years, uh, and so. 
I think what I like, and, and Anne Hathaway is not somebody I would have thought of if I were casting this back in 08. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, she just wouldn't have been on my radar for something like this, mm-hmm. but she works. She works a, a lot better than I, I would have thought. Uh, and yeah, she is somebody who, uh, and I, I understand the obvious pun here, uh, but her character has agency. Yes. Like her character. <laughs> you char- buy it. Right. Yes. You buy it. And she's not just some chick that gets put in a dangerous situation so that Steve can dash in and save the day. Like that's well, not their relationship. They do that a little bit though, towards the end, which hmm. was one of my complaints about the movie. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 go there. Let's go there. Cause I I didn't see it, but again, maybe coming from a woman's point of view, that's something that you picked up on that I would have missed. Okay, so initially you go from her. I mean, she's bitchy, right? But she has a point that she is a senior agent, yeah. uh, and he like she's you know kind of famous in the agency. Like he's a fan of hers, so she's legit. She's the real deal. Uh, yeah, but that's then another. She... That's another big. Uh, real quick, Jenny. That's another big kind of defining trait of Steve Carell's character is that. He's a fan of all of the top agents. He's like a fanboy. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like, uh, and again, another tangent. If you've ever seen this, the uh, cartoon OKKO, OK I have nieces, so we watch this when they come up in the summer. KO's like this kid who wants to be a, a big fighter in the neighborhood, and he's got trading cards of everybody in the neighborhood who can fight better <laughs> than him. And and that's how it felt like. The only thing uh, Max was missing in this movie was like a poster in his cubicle with, with Agent 23. <laughs> I've never seen that, but yeah, he's he's definitely um, a fanboy. And who isn't of The Rock besides me? Yeah, only only you, Jenny. Only me. Uh, you and Tyrese uh, Gibson. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Thank you for that. Um, so in the beginning, so she, like... She punches him in the face at one point, right? She's badass. She she skydives. Yeah. She saves him in midair after he gets, you know, he's a bumbling idiot and and gets pushed out of the plane without his parachute. So anyway, she saves him. Um, she does all this badass stuff. And then by the end of the movie, it gets so cliche because the bad, the heel turn happens and the bad guy takes mm. her and, you know, she, he's meant to chase after her and save her. And then she's all just very concerned about him. So it's, it, it feels like she gets cheapened a little bit, like at the expense of his character development. Right. So he's, he's becoming a good agent. Like he, he proves himself as a good agent in the field. Um, And spoiler alert, he saves the day, which is good, which is great. But it, it, it feels like it diminishes her agency mm. at the same time. That is true. Like there's, there's a really great scene in here that, that might be my favorite scene of the movie. Uh, and it features a wrestler, uh, but it's not the wrestler you're thinking of. Uh, and it's when we get the great Kali who was in this movie. That's who that is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is also the height of great Kali mania, I guess, I, I suppose. And uh, he plays uh, Dalip, who is one of the, uh, like, henchmen for Chaos. One of the giant henchmen. Yes. (laughs) The biggest henchmen that they've got. And uh, he sends uh, Dalip after 
uh, Max and uh, 99. And I like the way that instead of it being a physical thing, the way Max defeats him is by treating uh, Kali like a person. He knows the intelligence from him, from his days as an analyst, and uses that information to outsmart him. It's, It's really one of my favorite parts as well. Uh, really well done. And Kali, like, again, Kali is not going to uh, be confused anytime soon with Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington. Nope. But <laughs> just as a physical presence, I thought Kali kind of worked in this in this film. I agree. Uh, but, Jenny, let's let's get into it now. We, I think we've right. we've done enough of the preamble. We've we, you know, we, we've set the table. Let's let's sit down and and talk turkey. Uh, right. I guess that's, I think that's how that saying goes. Something like uh, that. Some, something like that. All right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who stars as Agent 23, who, spoiler alert, for those who have not watched this film yet, uh, ends up being the big bad of the movie. Ends up being the agent that double crosses uh, control. What did you what? like? Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go go ahead. I'll go, go, I, you feel like you got some things to get off your chest about, Rock. Go ahead and say it. No, I mean. Was it that obvious from like the beginning, like the very I, beginning? Yeah, I think. Okay. I think the first time I watched it, I didn't pick up on it immediately, but it, I thought I figured it out before they showed us in the film. Yeah, you're like, like obviously. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but what did you think of the Rock's performance in the beginning as kind of this all-American Tom Brady-esque agent, and then what did you make of quote-unquote heel Rock? It was, it was not as offensive as I feared it would be. I think that they used him sparingly, which was mm. smart. Um, he's not in it that much. No. Um, what he does do plays to his strengths, like um, smiling and uh, smiling some more. <laughs> so, you know, because he, he gets annoyed because he gets sidelined and he wants to be in the field and... Um, he plays some office pranks. I mean, all that's yeah. pretty, like, whatever, whatever. But I did like the, uh, what was it, the scene where they had, like, the, the training where he, him and Max, like, basically took out the entire office? Yeah, the little um, laser gun or whatever yeah. it is, the little training sequence. Yeah, that was that was good. I mean, again, Rock doing physical things is always good. Um, it looks good. He knows how to do that. Um, and then the heel turn was obvious. And then... He does a good job in the in the closing action sequences, um, and then he dies a fiery death, which is <laughs> great. Yeah, it, it's not a it's not a Disney death. It's 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 my favorite part of the movie, and uh, no, it's not really. But uh, CGI fire, which is a a trigger for me. I I cannot stand CGI fire. Uh, aside. This was 2008, and, and um, you know, pretty advanced as far as CGI, but mm. also still pretty 2008 looking. You know what I mean? Like, that fire looks fake, and you could tell it looks fake. Um, that kind of always throws me out of things like that. But um, overall, it was way more every other character heavy and very very light on the rock so i think probably a perfect movie for me to watch for your <laughs> podcast yeah, and i think what they did with this movie again this is still 
fairly early uh, in, in Rock's career. I think what they did was what you would do in a wrestling match with a wrestler who's only been in the business for a year or two. You know, you hide him in a tag match. Exactly. Hide him in some multi-man matches. And they play the Rock's strengths, which are, in my opinion, screen presence. Like, it okay. makes... It makes yeah. sense that he's agent 23 because he just seems like, even though he's not doing a whole hell of a lot in this movie, he seems like a bigger deal than everybody else in the movie because of how he kind of, that confidence that you talked about, like that smile, the way he walks, that mm -hmm. he projects, I'm a big deal. And so I think the screen presence, it, it works. It makes you buy into the fact that Max would idolize this guy. Because you look at Max and you look at agent 23. Like, it makes sense that Max is like, this is, you know, he's 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 his hero. He's his man crush. It makes sense uh, that Max would look up to this guy. And then I think what I like about The Rock as an actor is that he is not afraid to, you know, be made to look silly in movies. Like, he doesn't take himself so seriously as an actor. He's, That's good. He's not Vin Diesel, and <laughs> like I love, I love Vin Diesel. I love the Fast and the Furious movies, right? But if you ever heard Vin Diesel talk about acting and The Rock talk about acting, <laughs> yeah, it's like one of these dudes takes this thing way too seriously. It's like, okay, okay, easy there, Vin. Go over there and sit in the corner and drink your Corona and talk about family. But like, I was uh, okay. I mean, the Meg was like top shelf for me like i'm all <laughs> in on that but yeah that they're it i, I don't want to be that person but um i mean there's a there's a definite like male eye candy aspect to the rock for most people so like most people want to swoon over him and the way he looks and so part of me enjoys that because I feel like um, females have been have been seen that way for a very <laughs> long time. So it's just kind of the girl's way of, of of getting one back, you know, just so they could swoon over the rock. I think, and you know, I think rock like everybody again except for Jenny. Sorry, like <laughs> like. like Straight guys swoon over the rock. Gay guys right, swoon over yeah. the rock. I mean, like it's women, everybody, people, children. Like, yeah. he's there's something about the guy, and I think it is just it boils down to a. I think he's a hard worker. Like he's you know with the amount of pictures he puts out every year, it's like yeah, this dude. You can talk about his level of acting ability, but you can't you know dis discount the work ethic. Uh, but the other thing is, I think he just is somebody that feels relatable in a way even though he is completely this unrealistic standard of beauty that most people cannot reach he feels relatable like he's like your next door neighbor who owns gold's gym <laughs> maybe maybe to me like you like you mentioned his screen his screen presence and like how confident he is mm. and just like just just confidently himself maybe that's what it is that bothers me like maybe i maybe i just like so you want the rock to have low self-esteem is what you're <laughs> maybe 
maybe so. Like, like. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's unpack that though, because because you are like literally the first person to come on the show, Jenny, to have this kind of opinion of the rock, and so I, I I find it interesting. Uh, like, do you think? Do you feel like it's an unearned sense of of confidence and, and self worth? No, I don't think. I mean, he's obviously earned all his levels of success. I know that. I know rationally that he is a a good and genuine person. Like, I I I acknowledge that my feelings are irrational, but yet they are what they are. Like, I I wish I had an explanation. I need some therapy. I think is what the problem is. I need some <laughs> the rock conversion. Uh, program if anybody wants to set that up for me um, and, and maybe I just pref- maybe I just am jealous of that amount of confidence right mm. like maybe um, I wish that I could just walk around the way that he walks around because I feel like anybody should be able to feel that way about themselves but I, I just never really have so it just it seems very off-putting to me. Like, why do you like yourself so much? Like, interesting. Who are you to love yourself? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's funny it's, because, like, I I can feel that way about various athletes, and I think it's part of it is just because I hate their teams, right? Uh, but also, like, I I think the way people respond to certain athletes annoys me maybe more than the athletes themselves. Like Baker Mayfield is somebody who I can't stand. Mm-hmm. I don't know the kid, but I can't stand him. Tom, like I hate Tom Brady. I've always hated Tom Brady. Uh, and it's irrational, right? Like, yeah. Like I know Tom Brady's probably a good guy, uh, even yeah. though he did have that conspicuous red hat in his locker that one week. We, we mm-hmm. won't talk about that. Uh, but about. I think Tom, and, and I think what you feel off of the rock, maybe like that kind of, over exceeding confidence is what I feel from Tom Brady because I don't I don't feel like I could hang out with Tom Brady. I feel like The Rock would The Rock The Rock is so nice that he would what what is what is it called Jenny when you uh when you don't have to take time out for somebody but you do it anyway just to spare their feelings. So like gracious. Yes, and, The Rock is gracious. Yeah. He he would uh you know, he would suffer my my mere mortalness to just you know hang out for five minutes. Whereas Tom Brady's like, you know, Giselle, who is who is this guy over here, Giselle? <laughs> Let's get out of here. Like that's how I feel Tom Brady would act. I don't know if that's how he would act, but that's how I feel. Whereas Dwayne would be like, hey, come over here, brother. You remind me of Kevin Hart. Let's have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I feel like he would be like he's like you see it as graciousness, and then I see it as perhaps like. Um, like being condescending, mm, you know? Interesting. Uh, and like, I mean, I'm talking like I've had a personal experience. I have not. All of this is just whatever my brain has come up well, with. Well, Jenny, since you mentioned that, Dwayne, come on out. Oh, Jesus. That would that would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be the end of my podcasting career because it, couldn't, it get any, yeah. couldn't get any higher than that. <laughs> nope, you'd have to retire. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I'm really like... I just want to reiterate, I know, I know that he is a good person and probably very gracious and generous and, and, and wonderful. Uh, and that I know that all of my takes are <laughs> this weird thing 
that I have. But I'm look, I'm here. I'm working on it, right? I think the other thing for me, Jenny, and, and I, I hear what you're saying, but I think the other thing for me, and maybe it goes to having, you know, watched him from the beginning in uh, the WWE to where he is now. And it's like that, if that were easy, everybody could do it. Like Hulk Hogan wasn't able to make that transition. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, they weren't able to make that transition to this level. Uh, really, if you look at the history of wrestlers becoming actors, uh, at least in the modern era, it's The Rock way up here. And then you go down like a bunch of steps and you get to Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. and Dave Batista and John Cena, I guess. And then you go to the, the floor and you see Triple H, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like... I think I feel like he's earned it, even though like a lot of these movies that he makes aren't good. I See, feel that's like what I'm saying. I always get caught up in that because everybody <laughs> does that, right? They're like, he's so successful. Like, yeah, I mean, the movies aren't great. I'm like, see, that's what I'm saying. They're not. Like, they're not. Everybody likes. Everybody lets their his likability to them, and you know how you feel about The Rock to like translate into love for the movies and it's just not there right like (laughs) i'm just i'm like y'all all all pretty much universally acknowledge that the movies and that he's just not a good actor you know who you are when it comes to the rock jenny do you remember that simpsons episode with uh the guy that kept wanting to get homer fired but every time homer did something stupid homer would get rewarded for stupidity And the guy's like, look at me, I'm Homer Simpson. I'm going to grab these electrical cords. And then he shocks himself to death. That's Jenny. She's screaming against the wind. Why won't you people listen to me? I'm just saying, like, y'all acknowledge it. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's not that great, but, like, I love The Rock, so I'm going to watch his movie. That's it, right? And it's not just us, though. Like, if if nobody watched these movies, he wouldn't be where he is. That's true. Like, like that's another thing I don't understand. Like he has he's so bankable. much money. He's so much money. Uh, Especially like if you look overseas, like uh, the all the like the, the big disaster movies he does, like the skyscraper or San Andreas, like they are huge overseas. That's so crazy to me. I don't understand it. Is it because he's not a white guy? I think it's because, a like I said, he does. You know, he's got screen presence, but also. He feels very like The Rock is black and Samoan, but he's got this look that feels like just, he's almost non-definable when it comes to the roles he gets. Like, I think, and, and this is a different topic, Jenny. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to go here tonight, but I think The Rock has the benefit of being able to play roles that a lot of, you know, African-American actors or, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know the way to say it, but mm-hmm. non, non-biracial actors. That are just you know strictly African American, even though that's right. that's a whole can of worms because the way the country was set up, everybody's got a little bit of something in them. Abraham Lincoln might be my grandfather. Who knows? <laughs> he definitely uh, is. <laughs> but I, I think you know the Rock doesn't look like Tyrese. Let's let's continue bringing Tyrese into this. And yeah. I, don't, I I don't think Tyrese could be a big star in China, but the Rock because a he was already famous, but b he feels like somebody who is just a Benetton ad walking around. Like, everybody feels like, if you're white, you can like The Rock. If you're black, you can like The Rock. If you're Samoan, if you're Latino, if you're Asian, The Rock feels very much like he's a a global citizen, if you will. Okay, I really think you've hit on something there, because that makes a lot of sense to me. 
because he is pretty ambiguous in his um just physically like his um ethnicity so you yep. could sort of project your own whatever whatever on that yeah um, and it, it, it makes a lot it, of sense it's like and and that's the reason to bring it back to wrestling jenny why kofi's win at wrestlemania was so big because yes of course obviously the rock was a world champion and you know he's half black but the company never really portrayed him as a black man right and so, you know, they, they kind of made Rock, this everyman. And so, when, well, not really the everyman, but somebody that you, everybody could identify with. Uh, and so when Kofi, who is very, like, Kofi can't hide his ethnicity. Right. Like, you know what Kofi is. They, they even gave him that stupid nickname, the Dreadlock Dynamo, to, to further hammer home the point that That's this horrible. is what Kofi is. So when he won, I think it resonated because it's like, yeah, we all love The Rock. The Rock is great. You can't take his place in history away, but... The company never portrayed him as a black guy. And in a lot of these movies, I don't think Rock is ever really portrayed as the quote-unquote black guy. He's just the guy. Right. Yep. I think that's it. I think we've cracked the case. <laughs> Missed about it by his that like much. A, yeah. I, about his likability, that makes more sense yep. to me. Like, I I can see that a little bit more now. But uh, there's still the, you know, the question of his actual acting ability. <laughs> um, well, and again, to, to, to be fair to The Rock, this is still a period where he's developing as an actor. Okay. Like, I think if you look at some movies that, like, because there's three roles I think The Rock plays. He's either action guy, which he is in, like, G.I. Joe, Fast and the Furious, Hercules, things like that. There's the lovable kind of every man uh and then there's like uh there's the disney guy which mm -hmm. I, I guess kind of bleeds into lovable every man uh but i think the rock he's got he doesn't have the range of a dave batista mm -mm. i think batista's got more range as an actor but i mm -hmm. think the things the rock does well there are very few people especially people coming from the world of wrestling that can connect with an audience in the way that he does he does have that thing you know whatever that magic is he is coded in it and i <laughs> it's it's some sort of glamour i, I believe he's uh either uh, an extra extraterrestrial or um he's from the future mm. or Ooh, i just i just figured it out jenny he went to hogwarts wait a minute hold on that that's a good theory as well but let's let's think about this what if the Rock is actually Terrence Howard, who has come back <gasps> from 30 years in the future. Oh, my God. Wow. Mind blown. And he's just going to show up one day. Can you, can you smell what The Rock is cooking, man? <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, let's, let's get back to this movie, because I, like, right. I love where we went. Like, this is, this is gonna, probably going to go down as one of the either most loved or most hated episodes of the Rocky Mavia Picture Show. I'm sorry. Uh, but, I hey, it's, 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 look, uh, better to be hot or cold instead of lukewarm. Nobody wants to be lukewarm. I'll take it. Uh, but let's get back and finish up this movie. So uh, we figure out the Rock's the bad guy. Steve Carell, uh, what is he? He uh, distracts him with a kiss. It was uh, pretty good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. And 
the day is saved. Uh, they've got a party at Control Headquarters in Max's honor. Uh, 99 gives him a puppy, and he becomes a spy. And then, of course, as an homage to the TV show, we have to have like a bit of physical comedy at the mm-hmm. end, and Max gets stuck in the door. <laughs> so That was a fun little thing at the end. So overall, what did, what did you think of Get Smart as a movie, I guess, first and foremost, and then as a vehicle for Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Um, The movie is it's, it's solid. You know, it's not bad. It was, it's a quick watch. It's a fun watch. Um, uh, lot, lots of good physical comedy. Um, I like the spy gimmick. That's, you know, I'm a Bond fan, so I... I like uh, little uh, hidden compartments in your clothes and little gadgets and stuff like that. They do that really well. Um, strong female presence in Anne Hathaway. Mm. And um, I really love Steve Carell in this. So I really like the movie a lot. Um, I like the uh, how international it was, too. You got to see uh, a lot of really great scenery. Uh, I like yeah, the skydiving. Yeah. Um, skydiving stunt was pretty great like watching that too but yeah um as far as a vehicle for the rock he was fairly generic i mean like (laughs) you know um his his turn was predictable and um but he does it well like he does what he does um to the best of his ability so it's not and then like i said the fiery death i i truly enjoyed so um yeah i it i would say uh, like you know what what's your rating scale? Don't you have a yes? Have a we we yes. One? Matter of fact, we do, Jenny. Thank yes. you for asking. I was gonna <laughs> we, say we have a patented rating scale here on the Rocky mm-hmm. Maya Via Picture Show, uh, a five point rating scale. So, if you thought a movie was great, if you thought a movie was flawless from top to bottom, and The Rock was amazing in it, that's a five out of five. That means we just went one on one with the great one. If a movie is pretty good, and The Rock is pretty good, but there's a couple things here and there that you can nitpick on that keep it from being excellent, that's a four out of five. That's a people's chance. If a movie is solid, but it's neither great nor terrible, it's just kind of, you know, it's eh, it's something I can turn on and watch on a rainy Saturday afternoon, that's a three out of five. That's a know your role. If a movie is bad, but it has some redeeming qualities, like maybe it's terrible and The Rock is the only good thing about it, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. But, Jenny, if a movie is irredeemable, if a movie is terrible, if a movie is Doom, which we have already reviewed on this podcast, (laughs) if a movie is Doom, that is a one out of five. That is a rock bottom. So, Jenny, on that patented scale of one to five, what do you give? Get smart. I love this rating system. I think it's genius. Uh, I'm going to go with know your role, three out of five. Hmm. Okay. And I think I think that speaks to you enjoying the movie in general mm-hmm. more so than The Rock. Right. I mean, uh, you could pretty much substitute any big, you know, big physical generic kind of guy in The Rock's role hmm. right here. It's not... You know, I'm trying to think see, of somebody in the 2008 equivalent. And see, Jenny, that's where I think, and this this might be the crux of the issue right here. I think that's where you're wrong, because ah. I think 
yeah, physically you could put Vin Diesel here or uh, somebody like Michael Jai White or let's say, let's stay in wrestling, John Cena. I think you could put a big dude in there and they would fill the physical role, but I don't know if they can pull off the charm like Rock can. I don't think Vin Diesel can be charming. Like, I like Vin Diesel, but charming <laughs> is not what I think about when I think of Dominic Toretto. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and, and like, uh, who the Michael Jai White, I don't, I don't know if he could have done it. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan, the late, great Michael Clark Duncan. That's good. Now I there think you he, go. I think he's got, yeah, because he's got enough comedic chops. Yes. To pull yes. that off. Um, let's see, anybody else who would be... Big. You know, you know, you mentioned Terry Crews is in this movie. I oh, think yeah. Terry, Terry Crews could have done this. Terry Crews could have done it. Yeah, yeah. So what we're saying, what we're saying is, it needs to be uh, big, buff, funny black dudes. They don't have to be black. I mean, you know. I mean, I'm just going on the examples that we have yeah. given. Yeah. I'm using the Same. data. I'm, I'm, I'm being like Max. I'm analyzing the data in front of me. You're projecting onto the rock, like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, the rock. Again, the rock is like a Rorschach test. Yes. It's a rock shack test. <laughs> oh, maybe that'll be a new segment, the rock shack test. Do it, yes. What, what did you think of when you watched the rock in this role? <laughs> Just get real personal with people. Yeah, get real personal. <laughs> um, so Jenny gives us a three out of five, a know your role. I think I'm going to agree, Jenny. Yay! Good. I, I give it a three out of five as well. I, I like the rock in this more than you did, uh, but I think this wasn't really a rock movie. Like I think it's it's like one step up from a glorified cameo. Pretty much. Like he's important at the beginning and he's important at the end, but there's a big chunk in the middle where we don't even see DJ. Which is probably smart, like I said. Yeah, they you got know. smart. They, yeah, they got smart. They pulled him where they needed him to, and they didn't overstay their welcome on that. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, uh, Max, uh, Max. I, I thought uh, Steve did a great job as Max. Uh, he, if you know the Don Adams uh, portrayal from the old TV show, I think what Steve Carell does really great here is it would have been easy for him to be, you know, doing an impression. Mm-hmm. of that character but he doesn't he takes the spirit of that guy from the tv show but he makes it his own and so i think that's what makes it work uh because steve carell is, is awesome and uh, he is he, awesome he was good in this and uh Anne hathaway again i didn't ex- she wouldn't have been the person i would have chosen but she was really good in this uh a strong female character in 2008 it's like she was leaps and bounds ahead of pepper pot pepper pots for at sure this point in the game <laughs> And she still looks exactly the same to me. Yes. Uh, so Anne Hathaway was good. I thought, you know, some of the supporting characters had their moments. Uh, like, I, I like Masioka. And they actually did a uh, short for the uh, DVD and Blu-ray release with Masioka and the other guy, like the scientist. Oh, yeah. uh, so, like, I think Masioka needs more work. Oh, he's, oh he's, yes. He's great. Yes. Yeah, he's... He... Hero was just like instant one of my favorite TV characters. Like, uh, I love him so much. He's he's talk about likability. Give me some. Yeah. Yes, yes. Hero Nakamura. Yes, he. Yes. He was the rock of NBC primetime. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> 
All right, then, so then Vince started running for him. Yes, then Vince. Russo, listen, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna book you like the Young Dragons in 2000, bro. <laughs> Uh, so I gave it a three out of five. I know your role. Jenny gave it a three out of five. I know your role. But we also have some feedback from the post wrestling forum. Uh, oh, the, okay. The postmarks voted, and let's see, twelve percent of the audience, Jenny, thought it was a great one. So I would like to meet those people. Me too. Twenty-five percent of the audience thought that this movie was a jabroni joint. A two out of five. Hmm. But 63% of the audience agreed with you and me and said this is a three out of five, a know your role. Well, your audience is smart. Yes. And speaking of smart members of the audience, we did have one piece of feedback from uh, Brother Tony. So let me read Tony's feedback. I do enjoy this movie, but as a massive fan of The Office, this feels a lot like a Michael Scarn movie. Is that see? I saw that earlier, and I didn't know what that like. I've seen The Office, but I don't know what Michael Scarn is a reference to, Jenny. Michael Scarn is when uh, Michael Scott would write a action screenplay. Michael Scarn was his main character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought it was. I, I thought it was that's a, typo. a great analogy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I was like, is that a typo? Was he? Did he mean to say Michael Scott? But. Okay, but that Michael makes the... would write these Michael Scarn stories that would be like this, like Spy and okay. you know, shit like this. So that's, <laughs> that's actually pretty fucking funny. Hey, that's a good. That's a good call in, Tony. Uh, Tony says Steve Carell is a great actor, but in some comedies, it feels like he can only be Michael Scott. Like a lot of the Rock's movies, though, this is filled with people who are always a welcome presence on screen. Alan Alda and Hathaway. Even actors with minor characters like Terrence Stamp. Yes, yeah, shout out to Zod. Masi mm-hmm. uh, Oka and Terry Crews are always a joy. The plot could be better. I don't like The Rock's heel turn. A better movie would be him struggling more with the admin, admin life and Carell struggling with the spy life than meeting in the middle at the end. And although they caveat it with Anne Hathaway saying she looks young because of cosmetic surgery. It just looks like Steve Carell being a creep on his daughter's friend. She's too young for you, bro. Well, <laughs> I would disagree with that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he doesn't look that old to me in this. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, they're, meh, it never bothered me. And I, I mean, there's that. different rules for spies. Yeah. I mean, like, Plus, the the cover story was pretty great. You know, she had the plastic surgery, and they, she had them take a couple of years off her face. So, I mean, <laughs> that seems plausible to me. I'll buy it. So that that was get smart. Like that was a that was a journey. It was a journey. A journey with Jenny. I, I'm curious to see how my rock um, rehab goes going forward. <laughs> um, and I'd like to thank my family for their support and. Uh, uh, helping me be rock habbed, rock habbed, re rocked. <laughs> Maybe that'll be uh, that'll be Terrence Howard's, Howard's next mission. He'll just open up a, a facility like Malibu or uh, Choices. I think that's one of them. Choices. Choices. Yeah. Uh, for people that hate the Rock and <laughs> now, now Jennifer, I need I need you to smell what he's cooking, man. <laughs> they should be called bad choices. <laughs> All right, so that was Get Smart. But uh, before we do our props and plugs and wrap this show up, 
we gotta we gotta do a little quick sneak preview of what's coming up next time on the Rocky My View Picture Show. Oh boy. Object of unknown origin descending fast. Extend the perimeter, no one gets in, nothing gets out. Where to? We must travel in that direction. Latitude 40.5. We're just gonna stick with that direction. Those vehicles behind us are indicating a pattern of pursuit. Are you doing this? There's no way. Seth, no. My brother and I were not from your planet. Well, you don't look like aliens. What does an alien look like? You know what aliens look like? They're like little green people with antennas that take me to your leader, Earthlings. You're telling me you think those two kids were extraterrestrials searching for their missing spaceship? Oh, they can also do all this stuff, too. Our spaceship is locked inside Witch Mountain. If we don't get there in time, the invasion will begin. Who is he? He's a bounty hunter. He's here for us. Don't worry, I'll get you to where you need to go. We appreciate your understanding. She talks to dogs. Of course she does. You are in way over your head. Run, run, run! Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I think we got you. You crashed, remember? All right, Jenny. Oh, boy, was right. Because next time on the show, we're going to talk about 2009's Race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that. Have Race to Witch, Witch Mountain, the action-adventure thriller featuring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and a bunch of people I've never heard of. <laughs> I think this might be the first rock movie I'm not looking forward to because even with uh, like Southland Tales, which a lot of people said was bad, I, w I had curiosity because I'd never seen it. So I was like, yeah, I want to see what all the fuss is about. But nobody except for Ron Funches talks about Race and Witch Mountain. Well, I'll be curious to see uh, what you come up with for that maybe, episode. Maybe that's the way to get Ron Funches on this show, to let him know. That would be amazing. Yes. This is me and Ron Fudge just talking about Race of Witch Mountain. I would listen to that on repeat for the rest of my life. That would be like the exact opposite of, of your impression of The Rock. I'm like, yes, I know. Ron Fudge, what do you think about The Rock? He's dreamy. He's like Beyonce for boys. <laughs> <laughs> Ron could literally just say everything and change my mind. So, yeah. Uh, I think that was the name. That was going to be the name of his last special until he changed yeah. it. But it was going to be called Beyonce for The Rock is Beyonce for boys. I love it. He should have is... done it. Kind of true when you think about it. Like, dudes be loving some rock. Yeah, it's like it's totally allowed to yes. like have a man crush on him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Race to Witch Mountain is coming up next time on the Rocky Mountain Picture Show. But before we get to that, we must close out this edition of the show. So Jenny, let the good people know once again about the Jenny position, where they can find it, and your your plethora, your your cornucopia of uh, oral. Uh, Mm -hmm. episodes I was... <laughs> you, you saw the, the the wheel spinning in my head as i was i was up in the air skydiving like maxwell smart uh, i have so many jokes about my oral episodes uh 
can't watch any of those, but uh, you can listen <laughs> to me on uh, The Jenny Physician, uh, which you can search to iTunes and uh, Podbean for sure, possibly Spotify. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, just search The Jenny Physician. Um, we should have an Instagram and a Twitter by now. So, um, yeah, we're new. We're, we're um, just like and subscribe and share and rate if you like. But if you don't like, then don't rate. Uh, uh, ra- good ratings only allowed, please, mm-hmm. and thank you. Um, but uh, they're good shows. Like I, I have lots of great stuff planned. And um, also, I will say uh, a plug to my, my first love, Placement Nation Pop. Uh, subscribe to them. So many great shows on that feed, and uh, but comics and movies and TV and and music and everything else. So uh, much love to Place Your Nation Pop. Yeah, so get ready for the Jenny position. You can also check out the edition of uh, Freak Out Drive In that I did with Jenny, where we yep. did a live watch of Get Out, and also uh, if you enjoy Jenny's sensibilities, then you have to hear the panel review show we did for AEW's uh, All Out. Yeah. Which Jenny was the moderator and the show was, uh, it was it was an experience. We'll just leave it at that. You can find that at Place to Be Nation. <laughs> Some of my best work, Nate. Just saying. <laughs> uh, as for me, you know where to find me. Uh, in the number 8, M-O-Z-A-I-K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Uh, you can check out the Kings of Sport. Uh, with myself and Marcus Vandenberg. We got a Patreon, as Jenny mentioned. Uh, again, shout out to my tag team partner, Marcus, on the uh, birth of young Simba, young Simba Vandenberg, Simba. what I've been calling him. Uh, so, so cute. Gr- yes, congratulations to Marcus and his lovely wife. And I'm sure, like, they probably already got the baby season tickets for Disney because that's how Marcus rolls. <laughs> <laughs> i never seen somebody who loves Disney so much, but doesn't watch the Marvel movies. That's weird. Uh, so yeah, check out the Kings of Sport, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Uh, you can check me out on Place of Nation's main event. You can check me out on the Black Lightning podcast. Uh, just so many podcasts. But yeah, check the uh, check the Twitter because there's there's stuff. Stuff is afoot, Jenny. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, in, in addition to the podcast, I might have another gig here in the near future, but I'm not going to speak it into, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it in my heart so the universe can hear it. Speak your truth, Nate. And then when I go out in the backyard, I see a flower blooming and it's me. Oh. And I'll be like Matthew McConaughey. I'm a, I, I, yeah, they asked me who my hero was and I said, it's me 10 years from now. <laughs> all, right, all right, buddy, you and Terrence Howard lay off, lay off of the, but yeah, also, um, if you have, uh, you know, you're trying to get your finances straight, auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance, annuities, investments, and, and you, 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 you want your finances right, but you feel like you missed it by that much, give me a call because I am a licensed insurance agent. So me or anyone on my team, we should be able to assist you with your needs. And if we can't help you, we can get you pointed in the right direction for that. I uh, want to give a shout out to Brother Braden, Braden Harrington, for providing the wonderful theme for the Rocky Mile Via Picture Show. want to give a shout out to Austin James for the, for the logo art on the show. Of course, John Pollock and Wade Ting, the patriarchs of post-wrestling. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Rocky Mile Via Picture Show. Jennifer Smith.
It has been Nate Milton. It has been a journey, my friend. It has. I appreciate you and everything that you do. Thank you so much for having me. I, it, it was lovely, and I, I, w- I will invite you back. I think what I want to do, and, and this is a little, little tease I'm throwing out there to the listeners, I've got a guest in mind for Fast Five when we get to that next year. But after that, what I want to do for each subsequent Fast and Furious movie we do is just grow the, uh, the guest roster Mm-hmm. Like they do with all the characters that come into the movie. So by the time we get to like Fast and Furious Nine, <laughs> I want to have like ten people on the show. And, and I like just talk it. About, just talk about family and Coronas, and <laughs> maybe maybe that's the other hook. We'll all have to drink Coronas and do the show. <laughs> Deal. I'm down for Jenny's in. Jen- drinking. Jenny's like, you know what? The Rock's not so bad. You got beers. I'm in. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you, Jenny, for uh, coming on the show. Thank you to the guys and girls out there for listening. Uh, We'll be back next time with our review of Race to Witch Mountain. So, did you have something to say? No, I'm just laughing that you have to watch that movie. I've never seen it. I like I. It's. I think this might be one of the one of the movies that gets the lowest rating for me. So we'll. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Even if it's a terrible movie, it should be a fun show. So, for Jennifer Smith, for the lovable Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I am the Godfather Nate Milton. You've been listening to the Rocky Maya via Picture Show. And remember, as always, Nubian Eyes will be watching. We'll see you next time. Turn your ass on out of here. No!